Welcome to a new edition of the Famous Interviews with Joe Domino. On this episode, we talk with author and psychotherapist Chelsea Brooke Cole. She specializes in narcissistic abuse and relational trauma. She has spoken at HR and counseling conferences, internationally recognized universities, and national organizations on narcissism in the workplace, how to communicate with difficult people, emotional intelligence, and effective therapeutic strategies for narcissistic abuse survivors. She has a great story, great background. Enjoy this interview. Hi, Chelsea. How are you? Hey, I'm good. I had just uh, emailed you, and initially the link said it was scheduled for Monday, but then it let me in. I clicked it again. So it's good. Yeah. If anything reschedules, I tend to keep the link so it works usually. So we'll just, we'll yeah. operate as if we're in the now, but we're in the past. So it, it's all <laughs> fine. <laughs> yeah, we're good. We're good. How are you today? I'm wonderful. Where are you located? Um, I'm outside of Nashville, so in Lake Tennessee. Wonderful. Cool. How's everything in Nashville or where you're at? It's good. It's getting hot here. Yeah. So staying I'm, inside. Yeah, I'm in Kansas City. It's getting warm. It's getting up into that triple digit thing. So, you know, mm. I, I, I'm part cat, so I love it. You know, <laughs> I, just, I just get outside. I'm like, bring it on. Let's go. So <laughs> I would rather have the heat than the cold. So yeah, I can't say much. Yeah, absolutely. Well, it's great to meet you. And what I would like to do before I get into your career is ask sure. how you survived the last three years with COVID. How did you get through that time and how has it changed the way that you do things now? Mm. That's a great question. You know, it changed a lot for me, actually. Um, I, I'm a therapist and a coach and I went completely virtual at 2020 at the very beginning. Um, I had to start doing everything online. So that was a huge transition business-wise. And then personally, it, you know, it's a lot of bad things happen, but in a, in a way, I feel like with COVID, you either had a lot of bad things happen and it was really a hard time or it allowed you space to breathe for once in your life. Yeah. And I felt like for me, that's kind of what it did. Like, I wasn't running around for 12 hours a day, you know, seeing clients in different places. I was able to be home. I was able to get into a routine. So honestly, I think personally, it was helpful because it allowed life to slow down for a while. And I would think being in therapy, mental health really got brought to the forefront. I would think that would be a very good sea change for your business. Mm -hmm. It did. It opened up so much. Honestly, I have... When you're in the office, sometimes you have no shows. Sometimes you have people who can't make it. That doesn't really happen. When, you know, when you're doing telehealth, people can yeah. just click on the link. Even if they're a few minutes late, then they remember and they're like, oh, I'll hop on. Like it's just a completely different world than having to drive across town and adjust your schedule and all that for a therapy session. Yeah, I agree. I, I know I had to do that with my son and it was so nice because, and I even like doing it now, like just any, any kind of meeting. It just makes mm -hmm. more sense. You don't have to drive. You're still going to get that personal touch. It's just the conduit of technology and it works. It makes sense. Mm -hmm. So let's get into what you do for a living. I'm going to put you in front of a bunch of third graders. It's a career day. <laughs> okay. <laughs> One of the kids looks up and says, hey, what do you do for a living? How do you answer that child? Mm. I help people learn to be better humans. I guess that's how I would say it in a nutshell. Sure. Um, yeah. I help people understand themselves more, bring more self-compassion and show up 
in in life the way that they want to. So when you were in the third grade, what was your dream? What did you want to be when you grew up? I wanted to be a therapist. Oh, wow. So you were <laughs> living the dream. Those, yeah. I was one of those weird kids who knew from like eight that I wanted to help people. I was always fascinated by why do people do what they do? Literally in my spare time, I was reading self-help books like from the library. That's where that's the section I would go to. So it's honestly, it's me being me like in my career. So did you ever own the poster with Lucy that said therapy on it or anything like that? <laughs> I didn't didn't have that, but yeah. it was total self-help therapy was totally a part of my world. Well, that's what popped into my head because, you know, Lucy, that was what she did. She knew. That's true. She knew from a very early age. So talk to me a little bit about who's been kind of a role model or a hero for you in your life to get into your profession mm. and just in general to get through things. Mm. I mean, the first person that pops up is my mom because we spent so much time trying to understand people and why they do what they do. We would have conversations of understanding people. Um, I was homeschooled. And so I would spend, you know, obviously a lot of time at home doing school. But then once a once a week, we went to a co-op where a whole bunch of other families who were homeschooling got together. And so I had plenty of socializing and interaction and all that. And we would just talk about things. Um, we would listen to Dr. Laura Schlesinger, like I grew up listening to her, um, just to be able to understand why people do what they do, not in a judgmental way, but in a compassionate way. Like, this is why they had this reaction, and this is what might be going on in their life, and this is what led them here. So I think she had a really big influence on helping develop that part of me. So if you may have already answered this, but if you could meet anybody alive on the planet right now and spend some time with them, who would it be? Oh, that's such a hard question. Uh, I mean, the first person that comes to mind just in my narcissistic abuse space is Dr. Romani, because I think she's wonderful and she does so, so much good for the community um, and, and everyone, honestly, uh, around the world to bring understanding for narcissistic abuse. I would really think it would be very interesting to spend time with her talking about these things. So being an expert in the therapeutic field, you know, now that we're coming out of the pandemic and we're in this post pandemic era of our existence, mm -hmm. what's one of the common, most common things that you see from people that is easy for you to recognize and something that people can immediately grab onto and start working on? Mm, like something that people need uh, that a lot of people need to adjust in their life. Yeah. That's kind of common. That's kind of a common thread for everybody. Mm. Well, what comes to mind, I mean, in, in this fast paced kind of world, I think slowing down and being more intentional about what we're doing and why we do things. I think a lot of times we get caught up in, well, this is how I've always done it, or this is how things are done in my family. Like a lot of my clients, we initially work on just understanding why they do what they do. Because a lot of people who initially come to me, uh, they might be frustrated with certain parts of their life, or they overthink certain things, or they're anxious, or they're hypervigilant, or they feel depressed about certain things, but they don't know why. And I really like to help people remove the judgment piece. So we just explore well, I, what has life been like for you up until this point? And that helps people have space to understand, oh, there's a reason that I'm struggling with this, or I have this reaction, or I have these feelings. And so I think having that self-awareness is something I see people need a lot. You know, I think the one thing about therapy in this country, and it's probably a little bit easier now for people to grab onto it, but 
there's always kind of a hesitancy. People don't know whether they've been traumatized or they don't know mm-hmm. if they need it. And they're not either self-aware or they haven't had a comparative valve to say, oh, yeah, I need this. How would you how would you evaluate that with people? How would you say you should do it or you shouldn't do it? Mm. Well, I think anyone can benefit from therapy or coaching at some point in their life. I mean, I'm in therapy. I've done therapy. I think therapists should be in therapy. It's not just if you are having a life crisis or if you're having breakdowns every day. And I think that's what's so important about taking away the stigma from therapy. I mean, I would say, how often do you go to the doctor? Okay, well, therapy should be a part of that. True. True. That makes total sense. What is the ultimate motivator for you every day you you have you don't just have a job where you go in and you make money and you leave you're going in Mm -hmm. to help people and to change lives what is that motivation for you to do that line of work every day i see people devastated by narcissistic abuse whether it's a narcissistic partner and they are criticized endlessly every day or they're given silent treatments or passive aggressive comments, or it's a parent relationship. And they're at this point where maybe now they realize their parent is narcissistic, but at this point, their parent also has Alzheimer's and they're in the, in the nursing home and they're having to simultaneously process the grief that they've went through by having a narcissistic parent and take care of this parent and process the grief of losing a parent. So every day, what motivates me is seeing my clients and seeing the different situations that they are in. And just, we're all so much more alike than we ever are different. That's what's always striking to me about therapy is I don't care what your background is, where you come from, what your home life has been like, what your personality style is. We're all struggling with the same things. So to be able to help people see really how beautiful they are like there's just i just love people and i love helping them see their strengths because it's so often they're they're overlooked so without you know, obviously there's confidentiality but without going into any level of specifics what's been what was one of the cases that you had to go through that made you grow the most and now that you think back on it's one of the most satisfying you know cases or times in your life that you grew the most? Mm -hmm. It's almost hard to pick one because I feel like it comes in moments. There are definitely clients that I perhaps I personally resonate with because I've had a, a past history where I can relate to what they're going through, or I'm just always really amazed at how much people do and they are not giving themselves credit for. Um, So I think it's in those small moments, just when they're able to see and appreciate who they are, because so many of my clients have been worn down from narcissistic abuse and toxic relationships. They have relational trauma and perhaps they've struggled all their life to feel worthy or just to feel like they belong to ever feel good enough. So when I can have a moment with a client where I know they are seeing themselves in a different way, that's what's really impactful for me. So of all the things that you've accomplished up to this point, what are you the proudest of? Hmm. Well, I just wrote a book. I mean, that's a big accomplishment. That's something that's been on my mind for a long time. So I'm very proud of that. And I'm just very grateful for the platform 
that's my, what I'm most appreciative of is that people allow me into their world, whether that's through, you know, interacting with me on my social media channels or getting my newsletter or clients. I am most grateful for people just trusting me to be in their world and to be a part of them and to share things with me, you know, as a therapist that maybe they don't share with anybody else, or maybe I get to know things about people that others don't because we create that safe space together where they feel safe enough to share those vulnerable parts of them. The one thing about our timeline in life is that as we grow, hopefully we're mindful enough to evolve in your life and your evolution, you know, you get wisdom. Let's say you have a dream tonight. You run to the 20 year old version of yourself. You could give mm-hmm. that younger version of you a piece of advice based on the wisdom you've gained in your life up to this point. What would you tell that young version of you? <sighs> These are some great questions. And as an <laughs> introvert, I really want to go away and like think about this before <laughs> I even answer. Um, but off the top of my head, I mean, I've had my own history of narcissistic abuse, multiple relationships with narcissists, different types of narcissists. The one thread I have consistently struggled with throughout my life is feeling good enough. And that has pushed me in a lot of ways to be successful. I started college at 16. I graduated with my master's at 22. I was starting full-time as a therapist you know, since then, up wow. until now. And I don't often give myself credit for things. I would just go and go and go until I burn out. And then I get frustrated that I'm getting burned out uh, or that I'm getting overwhelmed and that I can't do more. And so I guess if I had to go back and talk to my 20-year-old self, I would tell her, let's see, at that point, I was starting my master's program to really just slow down and give yourself credit for what you're doing and the impact you want to make and your heart and your authenticity and how you show up for people. So everyone out there has a perception of you family, friends, clients, colleagues, but you're in control of your life. What's your perception of you? Who do you think you are? Mm. I try very hard for what's on the outside and what's on the inside to match. I think authenticity is something that's very important to me. I think in, I think a lot of people outside of me see me and, and think that I'm put together and successful and maybe I don't really have self-doubts or insecurities. I see myself on the inside as kind of this jumbled emotional mess a lot of times. Uh, so I think that that's where I have that uh, dichotomy between what I look like and, and what I feel. And that's where my I have an opportunity for growth myself is to see that, okay, even though I might have my own struggles or insecurities, as I think we all do, I can still show up and make a difference. Like I don't have to be quote perfect to be good enough. And that's coming from my own stuff is why I have felt that way. So as a writer, what was the book in your life early on that really either made you want to say, I want to read as much as I can, or I want to write someday? Mm, Well, there's been so many books. I mean, I'm such a reader. Um, Was there a flashpoint, like a moment, a book where you're like, bam, the light bulb went on? Mm. Well, one of those, part of my journey has been understanding that I'm an introvert and what that means. And on this scale, if anybody's taken the Myers-Briggs, I'm an INFJ. 
That's one of the rarer personality types. And as an INFJ, I've, ex- I've always felt different than because I perceive the world in a little bit different way. And I'm quite introverted, even though my job is like helping people and talking to people every day. I'm like 92% introverted on the spectrum of, uh, of my Myers Briggs. So reading Quiet by Susan Cain and The Introvert Advantage, those two books really made an impact for me to make sense of why I had always gotten this feedback all my life that you're quiet and you should speak up more. And what's wrong with you? Are you mad? Are you upset? Because I would be just observing and totally happy in my world. But introverts get this feedback that that's not okay and you should be interactive and you should be talking and you should be social. Like, don't be antisocial. I had that so much throughout my life. So those two books and just understanding that I was an introvert and what meant like everything that went with that was really impactful. So Chelsea, if anyone out there wants to hire you, get your book, learn more about you, where is the best place to go? You can find me on social media. I'm on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, and TikTok at Chelsea Brooke Cole. If you resonate with this and you want to learn more about narcissistic abuse, healing from that, toxic relationships, I send out a free bi-monthly newsletter. And I have my new book, obviously, If Only I'd Known, How to Outsmart Narcissists, Set Guilt-Free Boundaries, and Create Unshakable Self-Worth. You can get all of that at my website, ChelseaBrookCole.com. Chelsea, thank you for stepping out and being an extra extrovert and giving <laughs> us your story. <laughs> I'm still very much an introvert. Introverts can still talk. We just, I just need to like go and have yeah. my, my alone time afterwards. <laughs> 100%. And I hear so many interviews and I, as you go through history, there's people that were unbelievable orators that were yeah. introverts and really terrified of being in front of people. So yeah, life is just the daily um, habit of getting over those things and doing what needs to be done. So it's it's kind of the human march of evolution, so to speak. So yeah. but th- thank you for your story. Thank yeah. you for opening up. I appreciate it. And good luck with everything. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks for tuning in to another famous interview with Joe Domino, where we cover the world of art, literature, business, spirituality, music, and more from around the globe. If you want to hear more interviews, visit the Famous Interviews with Joe Domino channel on YouTube. You can find us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Thanks again for listening, and until next time.